Jesse Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind. Welcome back for season four, my friends. I am so thrilled about what is in store for all of you, and you will find out soon enough just how different this season is going to be from seasons past. And to tell you the truth, even I'm a bit surprised that it's taken this direction. But God is so good and how he leads our steps even in ways we don't immediately realize. And this is what makes me so excited about this season and how he's going to use it to bring wisdom, encouragement, and joy into our lives. Now, for the first episode, I just wanted to share something with you that God has been teaching me over the past few months, and especially most recently. And this is something that I don't want to brush over, even though it might be so easy to, because I believe that some of you who are listening to this are in this exact same place. So maybe this is how we can both find some comfort and solidarity. I'll start out by sharing that I'm not the most trusting, even when it comes to my relationship with God. Like, I know the right answers in my head, but when it comes to my heart, I struggle with accepting certain truths about Him, like truths about His motives and His character, His goodness and His love. I'm sad that even after all these years, I still wrestle with these things and have to remind myself over and over again that God is for me, not against me. And I especially struggle with trusting God in this way when it comes to unanswered prayers or situations that I just don't understand and haven't seen him moving in. Recently, my husband and I had a bit of a financial scare. Now, I almost never talk about money with anybody, mostly because it just feels like a very personal, private subject. But I do want to share this with you guys because it's been such a challenging yet refining situation for us. And it all started when I had a CT scan done at the beginning of this year. And I won't go into all the details about that, but long story short, we were told this scan would be covered in full by our insurance. And about a month later, we came to find out that it's actually going to cost us thousands of dollars. And even though I did everything I could to fight it, this money is now being taken out of my husband's paychecks little by little until it's paid off. And this is something that we don't take lightly. I mean, there are some months where it feels like we just barely make it when it's really only by the grace of God that we somehow came across what we needed to pay the bills. And even though I can't say that we live paycheck to paycheck, sometimes it seems like we're pretty close to that. And it's one of the reasons that I've been working so hard on launching my course and this business. But what happened on the same day that we found out about this medical expense um, is that we also saw that my computer suddenly stopped working and appeared to be on the brink of dying. So talk about financial stress. And this all happened just days before my first live webinar, which I had worked super hard to prepare and was kind of sort of banking on to help bring in more profits. Now I had a mile long to-do list in preparation for that, but no computer to rely on. So that meant a ton of money being taken out of our savings to pay for a new one. And this combined with the bill for my CT scan felt absolutely devastating. And not devastating because I was afraid about how we were going to get by, because the truth is God has always taken care of us, and I didn't doubt this at all. What was devastating is that we had been saving all of this money to pursue something we thought the Lord was leading us to do as a family. And now all of a sudden, it looked like a big fat door was being shut in our face. And this is where the whole wrestling with trusting God's motives thing came in. 
because for once, I just wanted to get ahead. I'm tired of the whole two steps forward, three steps back. It is so defeating to be hit by unexpected expenses and roadblocks and to not understand why it had to happen or why God didn't just prevent it all in the first place. And I remember feeling so angry and even saying to my husband, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of feeling like everything is some sort of test or lesson I'm supposed to be learning. And if God is doing this to somehow bring himself more glory, then maybe I don't want him to use me anymore. To tell you the truth, I felt like I was at a pretty low point in my faith, and this felt like a pretty big deal to me, but looking back, I don't think it was as big of a deal to God, and the more I talked to him and had some good, honest conversation with him in the days that followed, the more peace I felt over the entire thing. And there was one day in the middle of this, before I had come to terms with everything that was happening, that I was camped out in the book of John. And I'm going to be spending the rest of today's episode sharing something so profound that is found in there that I think can be some powerful encouragement for you and I today. In the book of John, I was following Peter's story, starting in chapter 18, where Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, denied knowing Jesus three times after he was arrested. Now, I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with this story, but a few years ago, I actually listened to a sermon in which our pastor at our church talked about Peter and his denials, and this particular sermon completely changed the way I saw Peter and has stuck with me ever since. Because you see, a lot of people believe that Peter denied knowing Jesus because he was afraid of being arrested too. He knew that if he claimed to be one of his disciples, he might even die. So it would make sense that he chose to deny knowing him out of fear. But my pastor took some time going back through the Gospels, the different instances where Peter interacted with Jesus, and pointed out how Peter was actually the one who jumped to action and cut off a guard's ear when Judas and the guards came to arrest Jesus. And so it doesn't quite make sense that Peter would deny him out of fear. He didn't seem like the kind of guy who was afraid of death. He might have denied knowing Jesus for an entirely different reason. Maybe, like some of us feel at times, he was actually angry and bitter toward Jesus because he had an idea in his head of what Jesus was going to do and ended up being sorely disappointed. At that time, a lot of people thought he was going to rise into leadership. He was going to become a king and lead God's people and rescue them from Roman rule. Peter had always stood behind him. He was the one who spoke up when Jesus asked if any of his disciples were going to desert him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He was also the one to whom Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, in Mark chapter 8, when he told the disciples that he was going to be arrested and killed and Peter took him aside to rebuke him. See, all this time, Peter was following Jesus, willing to give up everything for Jesus, maybe because he thought he was going to be the answer to their prayers when it came to their struggle under Roman rule. He didn't expect that Jesus was going to answer their prayers in a different way, in a way that looked less like winning and more like surrender. So when Jesus was arrested and taken away, and remember, Jesus let himself be arrested and taken away and then scolded Peter for trying to stop it. Can you imagine what Peter must have been thinking and feeling in that moment? He had so many hopes and had staked his life on them. And now Jesus wasn't going to do what he thought he was going to do at all. So when it came time for Peter to stand up and claim his relationship with Jesus and stay faithful to him to the very end, he bowed out. He denied even knowing him over and over again. 
and then the rooster crowed. Well, we all know what happens next. Jesus does die on the cross, is buried, and then rises three days later, fully victorious over sin and death. And when word reached Peter and John that the tomb was empty, it's not surprising that in John chapter 20, it says, Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb and the two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. How many of us have gotten angry or upset with God and have let it even affect our desire to chase after him? I've been there. Maybe Peter was there too. But here's what I love. Later, after Jesus revealed himself to the disciples and all hope was restored, it says in chapter 21 that Peter and a couple of other disciples were fishing on a boat one day and Jesus showed up and called to them from the shore. And starting in verse 7, it says, The disciple, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, Look, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer clothing around him and plunged into the sea. Since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. My friend, I don't know where you are standing with God right now. Maybe you, like me, have a lot of questions, or maybe somewhat of a bad attitude problem, or some actual anger and a lack of trust when it comes to God's character and His faithfulness and His love. But I am begging you, I am imploring you, whether you're like Peter, headed for the tomb, not quite wanting to run full force, Or if you're like Peter as he's jumping into the water, prepared to swim a hundred yards at the sight of his best friend, his savior, don't stop your pursuit because Jesus is not done pursuing you. We see that in verse 9, when Peter reached the shore, Jesus was there sitting by a fire, just like we're told in the Gospels that Peter was sitting by a fire the moment he denied knowing Jesus for the very first time. And as they ate breakfast together, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And he doesn't, he doesn't just ask him this once, he asks him this three times. This was the first time Jesus and Peter were given a chance to talk about what had happened. But instead of Jesus rebuking him, or shaming him, or demanding to know why Peter wasn't willing to stay faithful to him when times were tough, he simply gives him the opportunity to express his love. Instead of, I don't know you, Peter gets to say, I love you. And it's in this conversation, Jesus also calls him to continue on his work. How easy would it be to believe that our doubt and our anger and our bitterness could disqualify us from being loved and called and equipped by God? Jesus is full of so much more mercy than we could even fathom. And that's why, even though I was angry at God not too long ago, I'm not angry anymore. I feel like Peter as he's standing with the disciples looking up at Jesus and saying to him, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Mama, whatever you are facing today, run to Jesus. Bring your anger, bring your confusion and your doubts, bring him your hard questions because he's not afraid of them and his grace for you does not run out. He's never stopped running after you. He's ready to embrace you and he has the words of eternal life.